Welcome to David Nagel's Art of Success Business School. You are about to get a glimpse behind the curtain of David's massively successful income acceleration principles as he shows you how to approach your business with innovative growth strategies that are grounded in accurate thinking and result in high-end sales. And here is the man himself, David Nagel. got an exciting lesson for us today and really hope everybody enjoys it. I think that it's one of those lessons that I would consider a pivotal one in a person's growth. And I've been teaching it for years now. And every time I teach it, I think that people make remarkable progress because I think it gives them a different level of awareness about themselves than they currently have. And really what it comes down to is value conflict. Whenever we are stuck, whenever we stop progressing forward, whenever we are hesitant about what to do next, whenever we have trouble, and again, that can be in anywhere in your life, whether it's relationships, your kids, your extended family, your significant other, your business, social relationships, and trouble with yourself, you know, just trouble deciding what you should do, who you should be, you know, what your purpose is. We have a value conflict. It all boils down to a value conflict. And I think that the more we understand about value conflicts and the more that we understand how they work inside of ourselves to keep us stuck, to keep us from moving forward, that the more clarity that we get with our direction. It also helps us become who we truly want to become. So let me talk about that for a minute. We are a composite of basically three different kinds of programming. And first off, we're programmed genetically. So we have a little bit of mom and a little bit of dad, but then we have all the history that goes behind those two individuals uh, locked up in our tiny little bodies when we come on the scene when we're born. And that is quite a bit of programming in and of itself. Believe it or not, attitudes, beliefs, those types of things can be locked into our personality from birth just from that. However, it's usually not as significant as what comes next. What comes next is the programming that we get from mom, dad, and significant individuals in our life as we're growing up. And whatever programming we are receiving prior to the age of seven is very critical for us because it determines what our viewpoint is of the world. But it's a viewpoint from the place of how we think, not as much of what it is that we think. Anywhere that you go around the world, I've traveled all over the world, and I've met people from just about every background that you can imagine. And I can tell you that pretty much when it comes right down to it, we're all very much the same. Everywhere you go in the world, it doesn't matter who you are, there are things that we have in common with everybody. We think about the same things. We think about people. We think about love. We think about kids. We think about eating. We think about going to the bathroom. We think about washing ourselves. We think about our health. We think about sleep. We think about what we're going to do with our day. And on and on and on. We have all these different commonalities with everybody else on the planet. And our belief systems are very much tied together. What separates us, what actually makes us different from everybody else, 
is how we think about those things. And how we think about those things is the underlying program that allows you to really determine and give meaning to anything that you experience in your life. And it's those meanings that are so critical to the outcome of our own life. So the more that we can understand about them, the more significant it is in our own destiny. Because we all have a destiny. And the destiny can either be determined by somebody else, in the case of all this programming that we received prior to the age of seven, or it can be determined by how we choose to remove as much of that programming as possible and determine who we are at the third level, the third type of programming, which is our spiritual level, our spiritual DNA. The spiritual DNA, it has a very general context to it that within its frame, it is for more life, it is for freedom, it is for creativity, it is for self-expression, and it is for love but not the love that most people are raised with, not a romantic-type love, but a love that is in resonance. It is when you are real love is resonance, right? It is when you are in harmony with something else. Now, when it comes to people, we can be in harmony at a psychological level. We can be in harmony at an emotional level. We can be in harmony at a physical level or a sexual level. With other things, we're in harmony at a just purely usually a vibratory level. Kind of like how if you could hit one key on a piano and it might resonate with just one crystal on a chandelier and cause that crystal to vibrate while the others remain completely still, those two tones or those two keys are in harmony on a vibratory level. Well, we know when we're in harmony with something on a vibratory level, whether it's people or a thing or even an idea, that it resonates within us and we can actually feel that within our body. So we have these three basic types of programming. Now, why do I make the significance of seven years old, all the programming prior to seven years old? Because it's around seven that our conscious mind begins to fully develop. And the conscious mind, one of the functions of the conscious mind, is to accept or reject any idea. The subconscious mind cannot accept or reject an idea, it must accept it. And if we don't have a conscious going on, then we don't have the ability to reject ideas. That leaves our mind very much like a fishbowl and whatever is going on and around us just goes in. If it goes on and around us long enough or has a, a severe emotional impact, it will stick there and it will become part of our programming. So we're programmed, the means of how we're programmed is through sudden emotional impact or constant spaced repetition. I'll say that one more time. Sudden emotional impact or constant spaced repetition. So anything that we experience over and over and over again, it literally starts to become part of who we are at some level. That's programming. And all programming can be changed if and when we become aware of it. That's the key. If and when we become aware of it. When we have a value conflict going on, it's important to understand that why a conflict is taking place to begin with. So let's look at it like this. We have values that we've been given by other people, and we didn't look at them critically. We didn't examine them. We didn't say, 
hey, this is a value that I want or this is a value that I don't want or this value is going to, you know, really take me further down the road of really total self-expression and accomplishment in my life and this one is going to keep me pretty much stuck in one place, not allow me to express myself, be miserable and just settle for my lot in life. We didn't really have the opportunity to do that. And by the time that we did get the opportunity to do that, it was pretty much too late because we didn't understand that the real values that we got were already installed in us. So how we would evaluate something when we were unconscious but given the choice, not knowing that the previous value would probably kick out our ability to choose. In other words, if we said, I really don't know if I want this value in my life. Here is another one, maybe at the age of 14 or 15 years old. We were always going back down to center or what our guiding light would be, which would be the previous value that we were given prior to the age of seven years old. So if that value contradicted, all of a sudden a value conflict would come into place and the one that would be programmed in us would generally kick out the one that we were actually looking at. Now, for everybody that's listening to this and the other people that I work with, we're at a stage of life where we're saying, you know something, I may not be 100% happy with the direction that I'm going or with you know specific things that are happening in my life, and I really want to change them, but I need to know the underlying foundation of what's causing them to begin with. Now, when we struggle, one of the first signs of a value conflict is some kind of a struggle in our life. We want something at a higher level, yet we're having a hell of a time getting there, and we don't understand why. So now you're going to know why. Instantaneously, when you experience this, you have to know you're in the middle of a value conflict. Let me give you an idea of what a value conflict looks like. It's also one of the major reasons why some people succeed wildly and quickly and with great abundance and why others want to succeed, but they cannot seem to get much past the starting block. This is a value conflict in the form of a viewpoint. In other words, what is our outlook with everything that we come in contact with? If we're programmed as children with why I can't do something, if we're programmed with why I can't, then instantaneously, whatever we're exposed to, if it's beyond what we think we can do, our fallback value is why I can't, why I can't do that. So then we see all the reasons in our circumstances, in our situation, in our environment, in our results, in our abilities, in our family, whatever it might be, as to why we can't. And those reasons then become very real. Now, remember, you have to go back to the law of polarity to understand this. It doesn't matter what it is. Everything has two sides. So if you have an opportunity, it has two sides. It has why you can or how you can and why you can't. Both of those exist. A lot of people say, well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, see, that's an ignorant question. That's a question that's created out of illusion. That's a question that's created out of somebody's imagination that told you that you can't do something. It's completely irrelevant if it doesn't have any fact to it. 
It doesn't. It has no basis in any fact whatsoever. A matter of fact, it is completely opposite of what the truth is, that you can do anything that you can think of. Anything that you can think of, you can do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to think of it. Now, when we see something and we say, give a reason as to why we can't do it, it's because we're programmed to see the side of why we can't do something. But we have to understand that the other side also exists. So if we're programmed with the viewpoint of how I can, then it does not matter what the obstacle is or what the challenge is or what the reasons are. You will always find out how you can do something. And I was talking to some people the other day, and I said, you know, this is one of the most significant things, the significant differences that I see between people that actually do it and the ones that don't. Because everything else being equal, nothing really makes, like, if you can just encapsulate it into one idea as to why one person will succeed and the other one doesn't succeed, there's all different kinds of reasons, right? We can look at a person's background. We could look at their choice of partner. We could look at the past result or failure that a person has. And for every reason that you could show me why a person can't do it based on their life experience, I can find you an example of somebody who did with the same life experience or one that's actually even worse. When you begin to study success, you find that the contradictions are astounding. So if you're going to like boil it down to one thing, what is it really? So I had a gentleman say to me one time in my initial search, I was in the early days of my studying and my growth, I was stuck. I had a value conflict. I really didn't even know what a value conflict was. And I asked this person, I said, you know, I'm working really hard at something. Why is it? that I'm not having more success. And the guy said to me, you don't want it bad enough. And he turned around and walked away from me. Now, this was a very prominent person who had the exact kind of success that I wanted. And when he said that to me, I remember being really, really pissed off that he didn't have more for me than just that. And I stormed out of where I was, and I started going home. And about halfway home, I stopped, pulled over on the side of the road, and thought to myself, what if he's right? What if I don't want it bad enough? Where would that show up? What would that actually look like in my life? And all of a sudden, it became very clear as to how it was showing up in my life because what I determined was that I was finding reasons why I couldn't instead of reasons of how I could. And... What was interesting was I think I had just enough in me of how I can to break through that relatively easy once I became aware of it. You see, I think that a person that has too much of why I can't, they wouldn't even be listening to me right now, right? They wouldn't even be this far. So chances are that you either have how I can or you have a mix of both that's going on inside of you. Because somebody that really doesn't think that they can, they're not going to look. They're not going to be searching. They're going to be totally shut down. So that's the real good news. And I began to think to myself, wow, I never even realized. I thought that I was doing everything that I could, not realizing that every obstacle that I ran up against, I was finding a reason as to why I couldn't break through that obstacle, 
even though I had broken through many obstacles. I was taking risks. I was building a business. Uh, it's not the business I'm in today. It was a different one. And I thought, anyway, that I was really pushing the envelope. I was really going for it. I was journaling my dreams, and I was going to seminars about how do you live your dreams and give yourself permission to be great and, you know, all this different kind of stuff. And I was stuck. I was really stuck, and I did not know that I had this value conflict between how I can and why I can't. So I want to ask all of you that are listening right now, I want you to really think, and you might have to do some deep soul searching, and even then, your subconscious mind can lie to you, right? You need to really look at where do you stop? Where do you stop? Because where you stop is instantly where why I can't becomes your reality. That's it for this episode of David Nagel's Art of Success Business School. Looking to calibrate your money mindset for maximum prosperity? Visit www.davidnagel.com today and discover what you can do right now to accelerate your income. We trust you enjoyed this edition of David Nagel's Art of Success Business School. And until next time, just believe.